welcome to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, and I want to thank you for joining us today. We have special guests, Christopher Kitawaski. He is the author of the Back Pain Bible and a wealth of information with 20 years plus of working on the human body and for the human body. Without further ado, let's dive in with Chris. I want to thank you, Chris, for being here today. It's a great honor to celebrate all your wisdom and your great work. How are you feeling today? Uh, I feel wonderful. How about yourself? I'm good. Yeah, I'm excited. Fantastic. Me too. Yeah, I. it was kind of happenstance. That's how most of my shows go. I uh, All of a sudden, someone crosses my path and they really stand out. Uh, and so I wanted to really dive in you know, you've been working in the field with a human body for 20 years now plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to start with you for right now, like how the body has taught you over the years, like working with it, you know, clients and then your own body where you're, where you're sitting with the human body today. Well, it started off kind of like, um, I guess you could say the Neanderthals did, you know, and it didn't really go so well for them. And then it started to evolve into now what I would almost consider to be kind of like very Star Trek-ish, okay? Mm -hmm. When I started off working with bodies, I thought that I was working with muscle, okay? Which is literally the dumbest part of our entire system, okay? So I thought that I'm correcting muscle because I'm pressing on adhesions and releasing trigger points and freeing muscle tissue. It's clearly the muscle. Uh, The person could run before and then they felt a pull. So then they couldn't run after. It's got to be the muscle tissue. That's really what's going on. And fast forward to today, I realize that I'm really not working on muscle at all. If anything, it just gets in the way. And the most important aspect that I'm tuning into this person's body as I'm working with them is fascia. And then also you would go forward and say even intention and frequency. Mm. Okay. And and that's where things start to get a little bit more Star Trek-ish. Like uh, back in the day, it would take me like an entire hour to open up a hamstring, something like that. Mm. Now, now it'll take me like five to 10 minutes. Okay. So, you know, when we look at the whole Star Trek analogy, if you fell and broke your leg in today's time, it takes two to three months. You put it in a cast. The bone slowly grows back together after it's set. And then eventually you can walk on it and then you have to rehabilitate the muscle and everything like that. Where in Star Trek, you know, something would happen to them. And you see that guy just kind of wave that, that phaser or whatever <laughs> over their appendage. And it miraculously heals like that. So, you know, I'm not really at that point from, but from a time perspective, from understanding how the body works from a a mechanistic standpoint, um, I was putting a square peg into a round hole when I originally started. Mm. And, you know, now it's almost kind of like I'm, I'm threading a needle. So I, I thread the needle and it's just, it's done. There's like, there's nothing, there's nothing left to do. And people stand up and they walk around and they leave and they're amazed. And they're just like, you know, I was at a physical, I was at a physical therapist for nine months and it was literally two sessions with you and I'm pain free, Yeah. you know? So that, that's where I kind of relate it to the whole, whole Star Trek thing, I guess you could say, you know, when I went on Mark Bell's podcast, my my main priority was to help people understand that not only can you do work on yourself, okay, and get, in most cases, better results than a lot of the professionals out there, right. um, but really, it, it's the way that the human body is designed, okay? And the people that want to go to somebody thinking that they're going to get fixed by them Okay, they're not proactive enough in their health as they need to be. Uh-huh. So their their body's just going to be stuck with a lot of these half measures. And 
they're going to constantly kind of like shoot themselves in the foot and they're going to bounce from practitioner to practitioner because they're searching for somebody else to do the work. Right. Where the people that come to me, they understand that the work that I do kind of kickstarts the work that they need to do. Right. Oh. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, a few things that you're in a place where you're recognizing that we're designed to regenerate ourselves if we were mm -hmm. out without any like technology <clears throat> or beautiful beings like yourself, we would just go under a shrub and heal. Uh, right. So share a little bit about one being with self-heal and then uh, a patient or client's willingness to take responsibility for that. Uh, the importance importance of that synergy. So let's say uh, Suzanne is out running around and she falls down and scrapes her knee, right? Yeah. Does your body just say, you know what, screw it, I'm not going to heal that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely, it does. Now let's say let's say you're going to be going out dancing on Friday or Saturday with your significant other, and you bought this beautiful black dress, okay? And you're like, I don't want this gigantic strawberry on my knee, okay? What are you going to go and do? You're going to go and maybe reach for, for some Neosporin. You might put a little bit of hydrogen peroxide on there, okay? And then cover it up with a Band-Aid to accelerate the healing. People understand this and they say, nobody, would, nobody in their right mind would say that the Neosporin or the Band-Aid healed them, okay? Right. They would they would say that my body healed itself and Neosporin accelerated it. Okay. So I'm the Neosporin. Okay. And their body is their body. And when you come to somebody like me, basically the people that come to see me, their bodies are so out of whack. They're so misaligned. Okay. They've had, you know, pain nine, 10, 18 years sometimes that them doing the work themselves at the outset is just going to be confusing to them because they don't have this roadmap of working with the human body that I have for the last 17 years now. Okay. So, you know, a mechanic that's been working on cars for 17 years is not going to be able to do the work as a mechanic that just graduated from school and stepped in the first day working on a Lamborghini. Right. Yeah. He's going to be like, whoa, you know, a V12, I only worked on four bangers when I was in, in college. You know, that's it. Four cylinders. That's all I know how to work on. And this is like 12 cylinders. This is insane. Okay. <clears throat> it's above their pay grade. So now imagine the mechanic that's been doing the work for 17 years saying, you know what, I'm going to get this started. And when I'm about 50 to 75% done, you can come in and clean up the rest. Okay. That's what my clients do. So everybody that comes in and gets work done by me, they also get homework. And the homework is done on the days that they don't see me. And they're not required to come in and see me. They're not required to jump online for an hour and have me take them through it. I send them videos. They go home, they do exactly what I tell them to in those videos. And when they come back, their body did not rearrange itself back into a bad pattern. Okay. So when we're looking at fixing or healing the body, everything is dependent on time and arrangements. Okay. Time in two respects. How old are you? How long has this been going on? Okay. I had a kid contact me the other day. He's 24 years old. He's had back pain for the last eight years. Now, he's kind of like one and one, all right, where he has a really long time that he's been in pain. Eight years is a pretty long time, yeah. but he's very young. He's below that 25-year-old threshold that I always talk about, okay? So while he has youth on his side, he's definitely had pain for a significant amount of time as well. He's going to be fine because youth is always going to trump the amount of time you had injury an injury for. Okay. If he was, if he was 64 years old and he had pain for eight years, 
he would be be with me for a much 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 longer period of time okay for most people the older you get the faster you get older okay they don't understand recovery methods they don't understand um the advent the, the advantages that exercise provide they don't understand you know fasting and anti-aging components or slowing aging okay they're still drinking alcohol you know maybe there some of them are doing recreational drugs some of them are probably on very heavy pharmaceutical drugs okay and all that wears down on you know your finite life force that you have um you know i read a post from one of my colleagues and friends, Joel Green, the other day on alpha ketoglutarate. And he talked that your body basically, the, the, the longevity of your body basically resides in its ability to make energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we have adhesions and when we have trigger points, you're basically gumming up key aspects uh, of, of, you know, your ATP system, the, the mitochondria in the muscle and in the fascia and, and everything, you're gumming up these areas that are supposed to be making energy for your body. Mm-hmm. Then the more pain you get in, the slower you move, the less you do. And you start sending a signal to your body saying, I can't perform optimally. Or in some instances, if you look at Dr. Gundry's book, The Diet Evolution, he talks about with nutrition, you can actually send signals to your body that you want to die. Okay. Mm -hmm. By, by, by consuming poor forms of nutrition. Right. All right. I come in, I'm the Neosporin, I kickstart healing and then people go home. And in my absence, they start to learn to become more in tune with their own body. And it's alarming to me. I mean, it never ceases to amaze me. Every single week, I get a new customer or two in, and I'll be working on things in their body. I'm like, you feel this? And they're like, no, what? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like this massive cell phone adhesion, cell phone sized adhesion you have in your quad or in your glute or in your back or in your chest. I'm like, you feel this? And they're like, no. And, you know, it's just people are more in tune with their car and how it looks or their wardrobe or their social media account or their bank account. They know when a single penny is missing or they can look at their credit card bill and be like, I didn't make that $131 purchase, (laughs) you know, and I find that incredible, but then something in their very own body that I'll press on, they're like, no, I, I don't feel anything. And then a session or two later, when I create enough space for the body to reconnect, you know, they're jumping through the roof because it feels like I have a hot knife pressed into their leg. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, I tell people there's two different types of pain in the body and everybody's like, oh, good and bad, I know. And I say, no, no, that's completely, that's a farce, okay? There's the pain that you feel and the pain that your brain feels. Yeah. Okay, so oftentimes they don't correlate. Sometimes they do. All right. But for the most part, there's not a very high correlation between the two. And that's where it throws science for a loop Mm. because science always wants to dissect something and point and say, yes, this is the saphenous nerve right here. That's what I'm pointing to. Mm. Yes, this is the patella tendon. That's what I'm pointing to right there. That's what it is. We can see it. We can touch it. We can smell it. You can feel it in your own body. That's how we know it exists. But the way that the human body works itself into pain and then the way that we need to work back out of it Mm. does, does not make sense to current scientific trial and errors or experiments okay and and i've i've read them all and i just laugh recently i've been putting out videos calling people out on youtube and and social media because you have people that are physical therapists or they're influential in the health and wellness space telling people the research shows foam rolling does absolutely nothing for your body 
the research shows that if you're gonna foam roll that you should really only do it for a minute anything beyond that it's total garbage okay right and you know for me being a body worker i mean in some people that have kyphosis i'll be working on their back or their erector spinae or their rhomboids in a specific area for in some cases four to six minutes mm -hmm. i'll just i'll keep on working that tissue out working that fascia out and jean-claude gimberto you know he put everything to rest in his book the, the uh, architecture of human living fascia yeah when he said look we tried to create okay some type of uh a uh, oh what is that what are the algorithm okay he said he said we tried to create an algorithm to predict how fascia is going to model and how fascia is going to move right and and nothing that we did could confirm a solid pattern yeah okay so when you try to take this into the experimental realm what they're looking for is something identifiable something repeatable okay that will happen time after time after time after time right all right and all I can say is this, every, you know, like, if you have knee pain and I have knee pain, it's not the same pain. Right. It probably didn't develop from the same area. Yeah. Okay. It probably didn't develop from the same patterns. Maybe you did ballet and all I did was play basketball my entire life. Yeah. Okay. So I want to pull my eyebrows out when I see people post this stuff because they're literally inhibiting people's ability to heal their own pain, to fix awesome. themselves, to work on themselves and learn how the human body works. Okay. And that's where I draw the line because the Hippocratic Oath, I don't care if you're an Instagram YouTuber or an Instagram influencer, if you're a YouTuber, if you're on Twitter helping people, if you've written bestsellers or, you know, um, You've written, you've sold a, um, you know, sixty million books or something like that, like Paulo Coelho or whatever. I mean, if your first premonition, okay, is do no first do no harm, like the Hippocratic Oath, then I'm sorry, I just I I, I can't take what you're doing very serious. I just I I really can't, right. you know. So that's where I draw the line when you are making fun of foam rolling and or trying to make light of it and then you tell people like look you don't really you shouldn't really do more than a minute of it because it's a waste um that to me it's uh it, there there's a, a a trivial amount of criminality to it i guess you could say yeah absolutely well isn't that the day and age everyone wants like one pill does all kind of mentality you know like do this and that will be gone um that's yeah reminding me of um, two yep. things, when you talk about pain, uh, you know, I assist in childbirth and no two births are the same. There's a lot of pain involved if it's a vaginal birth. Um, if you can relate it to body working, because uh, you can transcend the pain in the moment. Uh, if you can share a little bit, especially in your book, um, the back pain Bible, or is it Bible of back pain? I'm sorry. No, the, the back pain Bible. You had it yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so that's a very common theme for most humans this day and age, especially for as sedentary as we've become. Can you share a little bit about transcending? Because this, this has been proven in the sense that many mothers can attest that they can get to an ecstatic state. I, mm -hmm. I experienced it with the birth of my son. I was like, whoa, sign me up. I'll do like 10 more. But it was through the the vehicle of the pain, and obviously it takes a while to give birth and make a baby. So you know we can't become a junkie, so to speak. Right. Right. Um, but can you share a little bit about that? What the essence of pain is, and how it can be used to transform uh, in the healing process versus constricting, constricting, and shutting down further. So, you know, Thomas Meyer said it best when he said pain. The, the, true, the true definition of pain is the body's autonomic response to remove itself. Okay, now you're giving birth. You can't remove yourself from that moment. 
<laughs> right? You, you can't you can't say like I don't want to do this anymore and just kind of like walk away and put the baby back inside, you know, and, and say this is this isn't for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's number one, and and that's one of the reasons why when people are when I'm working on people and they're experiencing a little bit more pain, or when they're working on themselves and they're experiencing a little bit more pain, I say, well, does the pain make you want to? jump and run away and they're like no it feels good but it's pain okay well then that's technically not pain i would call that either discomfort or i would call that part of the healing process it's like you know when we talk about that scab once again when it starts to heal it's going to get a little bit itchy and that's uncomfortable right but that's an indicator that the healing process is taking place okay so it gets to, to the second part now where we look at identity, all right? And if you identify giving birth with, having, with being a very painful process, you're going to experience a lot of pain, mm-hmm. right? Where if you identify with birth as like this beautiful kind of self-growth and revelation of bringing another life into this world... I don't think all the pain in the world is going to stop you from moment to moment just loving every part of that experience, right? So it kind of comes down to it kind of comes down to how we're brought up, okay? And when I was I, a lot of my friends, they they're much older than I am. They've had you know they've gotten married and and had kids and everything like that. And I've literally had friends say, bro, like, it's so much work. It's terrible. If you ever think that you're going to have kids, like, wait five years and then ask yourself that question again. <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like, you see how you see it wearing on them. And, and they're, they're just, they're getting older by the second. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I don't know if I ever want to have kids. And then um, my wife and I have our daughter. And I'm like, having, having a child is like one of the most amazing things in the world. Like, I can't imagine my life without her now. And she's just the light of our life every single day. You know, everything that we do is for her. And we, we love her smile, her attitude, her personality, her energy. I mean, everything. You know, it, there, there are tough times where you, you have to shape and mold her values and be like, babe, it's not okay to just, you know, rip on the, ta- on the dog's tail. Like, you, you don't, you know. Yeah. It hurts him and and he's an animal and feels like he's being attacked and he might turn around and, and bite you and you're not going to like that. And, you know, but for the most part, I found that, you know, having a child is just completely wonderful and, and rewarding. And I'm very happy that we did, you know, so it comes down to identity and it comes down to mindset. How are you identifying with the pain? You know, and what do people say when they come in and see me? My back is killing me. My shoulder is killing me. My elbow is killing me. My ankle is killing me. I can't stand how my right hip feels. Right. Okay. And that's just kind of the victim mentality. And it has a lot to do with the cathartic mind where that's the aspect of our, our, our psyche and our subconscious that enjoys bringing pain onto ourself, okay? Mm-hmm. And unless if we are, like, very, very conscious of that, we're going to subconsciously run these programs in our mind constantly, okay? You're sitting at work. You know, people are just going to be swearing up a storm. My back, frick, damn it, you know, like, things like that. And they're going to be moving. They're going to stand up and they're, they're just going to be like, Oh God, you know, and everything is just kind of like you're, you're in constant labor, you know, like talking about giving birth and whatnot. (laughs) You're, you're in constant labor 24 seven. And nobody knows that better than me because I went through about 14, 15 years of excruciating knee pain. And I, you know, I squatted and ran every day it was never an excuse for me to stop doing what I was doing, but it took me breaking down in a bottle of beer and crying and feeling sorry for myself to say, okay, obviously I need to do something because the people that I'm entrusting to help me get rid of this pain cannot do it. So I have to do it myself, Mm. you know, and people, most people would rather stay a victim 
And there's the other people that are looking for somebody else to do it for them. So in my mind, being able to transcend that pain, okay, it's twofold. Number one, it's saying, okay, I realize that I have to go through discomfort to get out of the discomfort. Mm. And that's one of the lies that the system has sold us is that you can take this pill and your pain will go away. Right. You can have this shot and your pain is going to disappear. Get this surgery and your pain will be gone. Okay. We can burn the nerve and you're going to be fine. <laughs> we can cut the, we can cut this nerve yeah. and you're going to be able to go and do everything that you want to do with your life. Everything is seemingly like a time problem, but there's no time taken into account for the resolution. Mm. Where with me, there's no way of getting around that. People come in and they're like, how long is this going to take me to to take you to fix? Like, when am I going to be better? And my answer is the same to every single person. I don't know. Yeah. And they're like, well, but but so-and-so went to you and it was two sessions and they were fine. That was them. That was their case. Number one, your body has no obligation to make any sense to you or me. Okay. Number two, I don't know how you've been moving and what you've been doing for your entire life. Okay. Number three, I don't know what kind of stress you're under every single day because that's going to undo what I'm trying to undo in your body. Right. Okay. Number three, are you walking around? in a state filled with love and gratitude, or are you constantly angry and hate filled? (laughs) Number number four, what's your nutrition like? Number five, what's your sleep like? Number six, do you have a long commute? Number seven, are you sitting a majority of your day? Number eight, what are your relationships like? You see, like you just, you can keep on going on and on and on and on. There are so many factors when you are trying to do this the right way that people's minds just explode because all they want to do is that one simple thing because that's what medicine promises. Right. Oh, so you're speaking in terms of Chinese medicine where we attribute uh, with my regular clients. I mean, I tell them all healing psycho-spiritual. So that's back into Star Trek. So the body, when it appears in the body, that's a manifestation of the imbalance in the mind, the soul, and all those other things you just mentioned feed into that. They either cooperate or they support the healing of it. So what I found was interesting, I didn't get, um, and I was reading at the very end, it was like, basically points to the fascia is this aspect, is the chaos, you know, when you know, yeah. all the subatomic particles break up, we go into chaos, but then we automatically will re- magnetized to a vibration or a frequency um and i've been i'm curious about your thoughts on that because if you we go back to star trek and you know psycho spiritual are we reaffirming this frequency of the injury the pain or you know when we start working with the fascia how are you holding your your intentions or your vibration you encourage them to do? Do you identify the different pieces for them? I tell people to be um, empathetic with themselves and be more gentle. You know, um, I tell them to start talking to themselves in a different manner. All right. Because when I'm working on them, I am nothing but a flow of positivity, positive emotions, I always want to make sure that I feel my best when I'm working on these people. And if they have problems, I'll listen, but I won't feed into the negativity. Okay. So that's number one, you know, people just need to be conscious of how they're speaking to themselves on a, on a day-to-day basis. Everything. So I, there was a, um, there, there was a fantastic quote that I just heard of today i'm going to go ahead and read it so i don't um so i don't butcher it the human mind is the administrator of consciousness while the human body is the instrument through which consciousness frequency flows mm-hmm. Do- dr jerry rivera duenio okay mm-hmm. he has a great podcast if anybody's listening um dr jerry unfiltered it's going to blow your mind it's kind of like 
a PhD on steroids for spirituality. Okay. Mm-hmm. PhD on steroids. All right. His information is just second to none in, in my opinion. But when I read body, I read fascia. Okay. Because the fascia is the primary motor, the primary connector for the body. It even connects the brain okay, to the cervical dura, dura matter, which is connected to our ocular nerves in our eyes. Yeah. All right. So when you talk about frequency, frequency is nothing but understanding the law of attraction, okay, and understanding your connection to God or source or the divine, whatever you, whatever you call it, okay? And what it is, is it's a process of outflow, okay? So whatever emotion you're experiencing or feeling is the emotion that God or the divine or, or source is going to feel. And what it does is just responds in kind. Mm-hmm. So it flows right back to you. So that's why we call it a, a, a backflow, okay? Mm-hmm. So when we look at emotions and when we look at frequencies in the human body, you know, something like 432 Hertz, that's going to be an emotion of, of stillness. It's going to be emotion of kind of like, you know, I would almost say happy because happiness bliss is, is, is like true happiness where, where just where, where happiness should kind of be like your baseline emotion, Mm -hmm. right? Where, you're not sitting here like, oh my God, Suzanne, like, you know, and you're just, and, and you're so super hyper, like maybe if you won the lottery, okay, but then at the same time, you're not sitting there hating life. Happiness is kind of like baseline. Yeah. Okay. So you could almost argue that 432 hertz is like happiness. It's, a, it, it's, it's your attitude or your baseline attitude. Okay. And whatever you consistently tune into like I was telling my my prior client that I had um, before we were doing this podcast, I he he just had a daughter, and he goes, you know, he goes, was your daughter just really happy when she was three, four months old? And I said, yeah, absolutely, she still is. And I said, nothing against my parents; they were great people. I loved them dearly. Okay, but I never had like an overwhelming sense that they had a need for us to be happy. I don't, I can't remember a single time if I was ever asked, like, are you happy? How, you know, like Christopher, how's your life going? How, how are you today? Are you happy? The more common aspect is like, Hey, what's up? Are you okay? And of course the person's just going to be like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. Yeah. It's all good. But if you ask somebody, you know, are you happy? And they're like, yeah, I'm totally happy. Well, your body language is telling me something vastly different. Yeah. You know, you can't lie. The autonomic nervous system cannot lie. Absolutely. Right? So when we look at frequency, what you need to do when you're trying to heal is you want to tune in to to the frequency of healing. Mm -hmm. Right? And people who don't have pain or don't, don't have problems, number one, they're walking around every day. They're happy. Okay, for the most part, some people might find a reason to be unhappy or whatever. But, you know, you want to always have that really positive frequency running through your body. That frequency of, I know that there is an answer. The frequency of, I know if I just keep working at this, I'm going to get better. You know, the frequency of there is no quit in my desire to feel and move better. Mm -hmm. I want to get back to skiing. Skiing is my passion. Okay. Just not having that frequency of being a victim, that frequency of I'm tired of this, Mm -hmm. the frequency of I'm fed up with how I feel. Because in all honesty, you did it to yourself. Yeah. You did it. You, you did it to yourself. And somebody's going to say, well, no, you know, somebody um, rear ended me when I was just sitting at a red light. OK, <laughs> yeah. well, you still made a conscious decision to get in the car and drive that day. Uh-huh. All right. 
Bill Harris said it best when he said, we're, we're the shapers of our own life. Absolutely. You know, if you think, if you think you can point to somebody else and say, you did this to me, you know, that's, that's a complete farsity. It's a complete erroneous way of looking at life. Okay. And what you create is a lot of anger and resentment, and that's a double-edged sword. Right. And really, in all honesty, it doesn't even hurt the other person unless if they're your husband or your wife or you're living with them. Okay, but, you know, if you've moved on and you don't see this person anymore and you still hate them, that's affecting how you feel on a daily basis. Absolutely. Well, you're, you now know? you're getting into cause and effect. Mm -hmm. And this has been my other right. question about the fascia. So in the East, we look at... Um, you know, of an infinite model, the eternal being. So that oscillating force that exists in each one of us continues. And then this body gives us a reflection of that oscillating force. Correct. So, yeah. Um, can you share a little bit with the listeners? Because having worked with my own fashion and uh, utilize the Abhyanga a lot with my clients and myself, which is a self-massage daily, full body massage with oil. Um, okay. Feel into the body. It's a Vedic uh, practice. So if you can share a little bit, because what I've noticed is sometimes if you get a little like aggressive with the fascia, like it can either wear you out suddenly or, you know, kind of do a, a, a several things. Could you share a little bit um, for any of the listeners that are familiar with the fascia, maybe working with it, how they can attune themselves to be aware and mindful with it? Um, you know, because sometimes people want more that the grasping, you know, I'll have a feedback. Sure. Yeah, sure. I find that really when it comes down to it, when you're doing self-applied myofascial work, um, you are looking at probably a half hour at the most. Okay. You can push it to an hour if it's your day off. And let's say you're a crossfitter or an Olympic weightlifter or a power lifter. And you want to do some form of active recovery, you know, maybe you're in your like the X games or something like that, or you're a BMX biker or whatever. Um, you can definitely push that to an hour. But even when I'm working on people and I can move fascia around rather quickly, um, my limit is typically an hour and a half. Okay. After that, I find that the body just stops responding. Okay. And here's why your fascia and your muscles and your nerve and your brain and your tendons and your ligaments and your bone and your capillaries, they all have an agreement, okay? They have an agreement of where they're gonna sit. They have an agreement of how long they're gonna be. They're gonna, they have an agreement of how they're gonna fire and move and work together, okay? Right. When you start messing around with the fascia and you start opening up adhesions or trigger points or creating more space, Yes, you're helping to return to health, but what you're doing is disrupting this internal ecosystem of balance. You're balanced in an imbalanced state. Right. Okay. You follow me? Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like <clears throat> if I came, if I walked into your house, okay, and as soon as I walked into your house, I don't know, you had a vase on the left-hand side with uh, a bunch of flowers in it, Okay. And if I walked into your house and I just picked up one of those flowers and I threw it outside, you'd be like, okay, that was really rude and weird. I'll just, I'll get that when he leaves, Yeah. you know? But if I then came back inside and then I took the whole vase and picked it up and I was walking outside with it and you're like, wait a minute, he threw the, the flower out there. Is he going to throw my vase out there? Like you would immediately grab my arm and be like, what are you doing? Right? <laughs> Yeah. So when we work on the fascia for too long a period of time, when we change too much too quickly in the human body, the fascia has a limit and it says, you know what, I'll do anything for you, but I won't do that. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've reached my limit. I, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I, I don't know if this is good for me. Okay. And I'll get back to you at a later date. Mm -hmm. And the way that we convince the fascia that we did good in the body is by getting up and moving or challenging ourselves with the exercises that used to create pain. Okay. So there's this movement component to, to getting better as well, which everybody's afraid of. 
I don't want to get hurt again. I don't, <laughs> oh, you know, because this is what, you know, I've had clients come to me where they, they have nerve pain and the doctor says, well, here's Tylenol with codeine, some muscle relaxers, go home and rest. Wow. You know, the, the, the answer is always just go, go home and rest. Yeah. Right. And it's just kind of like the body doesn't, the body doesn't work like that. No. The body does not. The body does not work through or, or or get better for the most part through rest. It'll recover, okay. But when we are trying to move the body back into a more healthful atmosphere, yeah. it needs movement in order to do its checks and balances. When you move, your 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 myofascial system is going through literally 100 million bits of information per second. Yeah, wow. Okay, one, 100 billion <laughs> bits of information per second. It's the most complex computer on on planet Earth. Yeah. You know, uh, it's just it's absolutely it's astonishing. Um when you're moving things around, when you're getting your house in order, you need to then move so your fascia is made aware of the healing mm -hmm. and then it's going to decide whether or not it likes it. like a yes okay i like this it's good for us i'm going to keep the change right. or guess what you're in the wrong spot you're not working on the problem you're working on the symptom mm -hmm. and the pain i'm just going to reproduce the pain the next day it's going to come right back sorry and could it also be when we talk <clears throat> about positive <clears throat> Uh, could it also be that it's not the the individual's destiny isn't ready for the complete healing based on correct all those other factors you mentioned? Correct. So a lot of times too, um, the person's central nervous system may not even be ready to deal with what I'm doing. Mm. Those people respond a little bit slower. And they're usually with me a little bit longer, you know, but it's just, it's another case scenario where it just shows you how far out of touch we've become with our own bodies as human beings. Yeah. And what would you say is the, like a handful of things that you observe and have kind of been able to discern that people are storing when they have like, um, you know, whether it's knots in the physical muscle where they have. Uh, lumps in their body, extra um, things they've stored, whether it be fat, um, all those things in their body. Uh, have you noticed some themes there? Lately, I would probably say in the last two years, a lot of fear and a lot of anger. Mm. Okay, both of those emotions, which lead to liver and gallbladder issues, the yeah. meridians getting clogged, a lot of problems with large intestine. Okay. Um, you know, which is going to lead to head, neck, shoulder, lower back issues, down into the hamstring, things like that. Um, definitely, you know, every single person that I work on, I'll find a good amount of adhesions, trigger points, um, fibrosis, you know, just dried out fascia that hasn't been being fed, hasn't been getting water, you know, super dehydrated, things like that. Um, lots of misalignment you know, one shoulder higher than the other, one leg shorter than the other, things like that. So yeah, I mean, it's all pretty typical. Yeah. And would you say that the overall programming in humanity, you know, it, one from the mental state is, uh, you know, fear and doubt. And then, uh, you know, when you look into nutrition, emotional well-being, all those things, um, how that's reflective in, in the human body, the physical body. Yeah, sure. You know, it's all fear and doubt. I mean, look at how people are being controlled today. You know, everything was, you have to get this vaccine or else, you know, not only is your life in danger, but then you potentially may not be able to get on a plane again. You potentially may not be able to get into a country again. You potentially may not be able to get on a plane I'm sorry, on, on a train or, you know, on a bus without it. So everything, fear is the ultimate motivator, right? 
But it, it can also be, in some cases, the ultimate deceiver. Um, false, false evidence appearing is real, you know? And when you don't know the difference or when you can't discern the difference, it's like there have been people that I've worked on where they thought that they were either having a stroke or a heart attack because they had pain going down their arm. And I'm like, but you haven't had one. And they're like, no. And I'm like, you still exercise and run and everything like that. And you're totally fine. Yeah. And you have like no heart palpitations or any type of cardiac disease in your family. No. Then why do you think it's a heart attack? (laughs) You know, like, and it just, it, all it comes down to is not knowing the body and fear where if I have pain going down my arm, the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to look in my scalenes. The second, I'll maybe look in my rotator cuff. The third, I'll look in my chest and just be like, what's tight and where, you know? And Every single time I find something tight in one of those areas, I work on it and then the pain goes away and it's like, oh, okay, not going to die today. Great (laughs) type of a thing. So it comes, it just comes down, it just comes down to knowledge. Yeah. Well, and what would you say is the way, you know, we have the breath to roll out maybe when we're constricting but actually, uh, you mentioned the chest and the shoulders and moving that around if fears in. uh, what other ways would you assist the listeners in like meeting whatever's constricting in their body and helping it open up so it doesn't stay locked there? <clears throat> yeah. So I would have everybody start off with the fascial maneuvers. They are on my YouTube channel. Okay. Um, one of the greatest gifts to humanity right there. Created by the Human Garage, Gary Lynham, Jason, Cynthia from the Human Garage. Um, Because when you do those maneuvers, you are forced to learn how to breathe. Okay. And then when you move into pressure type work with something like a lacrosse ball or a baseball or a foam roller or a softball, now you already have that breathing component there. So when you hit something, in your leg or in your chest or in your shoulder and it's sore, you're going to go right to your breath and you're going to realize like, hey, I need to breathe into this pain. So the fascia starts to unwind and open up and then the pain goes away. If you start first with the pressure, you know, you'll hit areas like that and you'll clam up and you'll be like, ah, 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 you know, and you, you stop breathing, you stop healing. Okay. So my recommendation is always number one, um, start off with the fascia maneuvers. And then number two, you want to get into the pressure work. And I found it to be a very potent combination um, between the two. When you do the fascia maneuvers first, and then you start doing the pressure work second, um, it, it's magical. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and if you can share a little bit more, if we get to Star Trek, where you're where your mind's eyes leading you to the horizon with working with the fascia and, um, and the body where you, where you see the potential within your own work going with that relationship and, and interface that you've been working with. So one of the things that I would recommend people go and search is infopathy.com infopathy.com. They are, creating frequencies with material-based substance, okay, and allowing you to either imprint it in water or through pulsed electronic magnetic fields, imprint it into your body, Hmm. okay? So once again, you know, you want to talk about like some real Star Trek stuff, um, I mean, infopathy.com is absolutely incredible. The things that I have done with it, the things that I've seen it do in my wife, my child, my dog. Give us an example. (laughs) My dog had a benign tumor in his lip, okay? Mm -hmm. And the the, the vet said that it needs to be operated on. There's no way that you can get it out. And, And what ended up happening was, You know, he had an itch. He used his paw to itch his face and he pulled the hair out. And then dogs have their their noses and everything. So it ended up getting infected. And there's a very specific name (coughs) for these types of things. 
and what it is is it's basically a benign tumor but it's it's cancer but it's benign mm -hmm. okay so the only way that you can get rid of it is through surgery and it was very very hard like you would press on it and it felt like it was bone right so i told my wife i said you know what f that he's not getting surgery let's see if there's anything on infopathy so there was a frequency on infopathy called a metastasis breaker mm. i started charging his water with it in two weeks wow. um the growth was completely gone the hair grew back and you cannot tell that anything was there oh Beautiful. you know i mean take it for what it's worth i'm sure that if people are listening to you and your podcast they're very much interested in this type of work and in this realm yeah. and whatnot. But, you know, there are people, I even saw comments on my podcast with Mark Bell where they're like, man, you know, this guy has a lot of great information, but he's talking about frequencies in the body way too much. Like that's just BS. Well, you know, I'm sorry that your consciousness hasn't evolved that much yet to accept something like that. And that's, yeah. that's not an, that's not an insult. It's meeting somebody where they're at i'm not telling you that you have to believe in what i believe but yeah. all i'm saying is that i can't deny what i feel and what i've seen and what have i what, what i've experienced okay Absolutely. and to me like i said at the beginning of this very very bold claim muscle is the dumbest part of the human yeah. body yeah cut and dry <clears throat> very 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 simple and i said it on on mark's podcast too Anything above a three pain-wise in the human body is fascia. Anything mm. below that is muscle. Uh -huh. Okay. And everybody wants to point to a muscle or a bone and say, that's my pain. That's my problem. And that's the least of their worries. And it's very, very difficult for them to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Very, um, very difficult. Yeah. Well, and share something because I, being <clears throat> um, that I'm very much a, a meditative person and teach people the power of meditation. So the mind's blank. So you use that word belief. If, uh, if, because what you just shared is a fact, like your dog experienced that you witnessed your dog, dog with a tumor, you, you applied, uh, charged his water with a frequency and the tumor went away. So that's, we would say an is right. Mm -hmm. um, so what would you say or how would you say uh, if people are how are they better able to open themselves to the possibility of that outcome without getting so locked up in their, their mind or thoughts or even like affirmations or any of that stuff can you share a little bit what how you would approach it um you know i've i've been meditating for over five six years now uh to me it's one of the best types of work that you can do. Okay. Um, everything, everything in my experience begins with the mind. Okay. So if, if you don't have your mind controlled first, then the body is going to follow just like that quote that I gave you with Dr. Jerry. Okay. Yeah. Um, number one, we gotta become emotionally intelligent. There's a lot of books out there that you can read about, okay? And when we become emotionally intelligent, that now is going to provide much better feedback to the human body and what we're experiencing. Because like I said, fascia doesn't have eyes. Fascia goes based off of what we feel, yeah. okay? So if we don't feel comfortable even in our own home, if we're in our own home, okay, and we feel threatened all right maybe there's a husband or a wife that's abusive right maybe our maybe our kids are drunk and doing drugs and things like that and and we don't know how to help them or control them or or something like that and they they're coming around and stealing money or jewelry or whatever and we feel threatened in our own home you can be watching tv and literally be stuck in a state of trauma right okay even though you think that you're just sitting there watching netflix if you don't feel safe, okay, you're still st stimulating that sympathetic side of the nervous system mm -hmm. and <clears throat> the whole fight or flight thing is kicking in 
and wreaking havoc in the processes of, of your body. Yeah. Okay. So to me, it just comes down to meditation, number one, and then emotional intelligence, number two. You don't have to meditate for an hour, things like that. I mean, find a quiet place, 5, 10, 20 minutes, whatever. Whatever makes you feel good, whatever helps you take the baggage out and get in control. And, you know, that's one of the things I tell people about meditation. You take all your emotional baggage out in the morning, and then you're just incredibly productive and in a flow state for the rest of the day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, can you share uh, with the with the human body and the fascia, if we go to Star Trek again, in kind of in our wrap up, if um, the essence that we're communicating not only with our body, and then we have this communication out into the universe, uh, what have you witnessed in your own physical temple with that, your oscillating force, AKA soul and that communication, how has that communication, um, become more intimate and provided you a deeper knowing on a day? Um, my, my wife and I feel everything, Suzanne, we feel the shifting of the sun. We yeah. feel, you know, the apexes of the moon. We feel Pluto going in retrograde, you know, we feel Saturn shrining Uranus, you know, and, and things like that. Um, anytime there is, I guess you could say, cosmic shifts, it, it preys on our energy. We either get the energy either goes up or the energy either comes down. And you're just kind of like, man, you know, like, what's going on? Why do I feel like this? And then all of a sudden you start to realize that there's something going on cosmically. Right. And, you know, once again, I think that your, your audience will probably relate to this, but people who don't have one foot in the astral plane and one foot on earth, if you have two feet on earth and you think that your name is your identity and where you live is actually, you know, who you are and your job is actually what you do and your the the type of car that you drive is your status in in this society then you're going to listen to what i say and just completely laugh and be like oh my god like this guy's so stupid man like i can't believe how stupid he he is and things that he says yeah i'm sure he can feel the the moon apexing and whatever that means blah 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 um you know, that's totally fine. You're entitled to your opinion and what you feel, and I'm entitled to my opinion and what I feel. And it's not that <clears throat> I don't sit here. It's not like I sit here begging for it, you know, like, oh, I can't wait for the next new moon to just, or, or full moon to just flip out and act erratic and be all nuts and everything yeah. like that. Um, but there's no denying that when the, those things happen, there is definitely a different flow or a different frequency or a different type of energy that we become subject to, subjective to. And when you don't understand that, when you're not paying attention to it, you know, you just think that these patterns are aberrant. You just think that, um, I don't know why I did that. You know, yeah. like if somebody really asked you, you're just like, I don't know, like, what does it matter? <laughs> well, it matters a lot. You know, and and, it is, and this is why, and that that was very uncharacteristic for you. And then when you are told, when, when you when you understand, you know, that it could be um, cosmic energy, which we're all subject to. Absolutely. Okay, um, then, then you know things start to make much more sense. Yeah, and so has it increased you and your wife's uh, level of compassion? For, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Our indigenous tribes, you know, they will always say, as above, so below, you know, the, it's like right. re reflecting. And if you spend any time staring at the sun and like the planets, they have a call and response. So at this moment in time, what is your call and response for your work and um, to humanity? Um, my call and response, honestly, is helping people to become their best selves in their body. You know, it, it's just helping them move younger, feel younger, look younger, and um, really, no matter how many years they have left on this earth, 
be able to do anything and everything that they want to physically. Mm. Oh, so we can throw out the old biology book where it shows how we're destined to look until we leave our body. Mm. Yep. Yep. (laughs) All right. Mm. (laughs) Um, So that's beautiful. And I'm glad that you're here to help us do that. Uh, Share with the listeners because it's always good if they hear it from your mouth, your website, uh, your book, uh, where they can find it all. And we'll put the links below, but thank you. Current website is InfluentialHealthSolutions.com. It's currently in its retirement phase. I have a new one that's being built. Uh, You can go on my YouTube channel or Instagram. They are both at Rebuilt, R-I-B-Y-L-T. And that's pretty much it. Okay, perfect. Well, we're so thankful for all your great work and your wisdom that you can share forward and People on your current website can book sessions virtual or in person if need be. They can. They can uh, actually just email me if you email me, Chris at InfluentialHealthSolutions.com. You can set up a time to book sessions with me. Okay, perfect. So I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you, Chris. It's been my pleasure and so much gratitude to you and everything that you do and your understanding. Um, more in particular about the oscillating aspect of human life rather than the vibrational aspect. Mm. They're, not, they're, they're, they're not one and the same. They go together. You can't have one without the other. But yes, you know, the higher oscillating human being you are, the more understanding you have and the greater your consciousness where everybody's still stuck in like the vibe stage. Like the minutes right. want to vibe that. I don't vibe with that person <laughs> Vibrate. Yes, it, the vibration is important, but um, the next level, the next stage is understanding oscillation. So to hear you say that, I was like, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Aho. And then we won't have to have boundaries because we're just like oscillating around and yep. on the dance floor, the cosmic dance floor. <laughs> this, is, this is true. <laughs> well, thank you. Once again, I want to thank you all for being here today. Thank you, Chris, for contributing and sharing your wisdom. As inspired, connect to his great work below. You can order his books, book an appointment. All the links are below and follow him on social media. Until next time, we're going to sign out with a little Kadri Scott shine and may you all shine bright as we enter into these summer and winter months here on planet earth until next time this is suzanne toro signing out with a full heart a soft gaze a gentle smile and a deep bow be simply